Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a Brothers Grimm tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co-host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading. The knapsack, the hat, and the horn. So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a Grim Reading. There were once three brothers who had fallen deeper and deeper into poverty, and at last their need was so great that they had to endure hunger and had nothing to eat or drink. It's a very miserable start. Yeah, not great. Then said they, we cannot go on this way. We had better go into the world and seek our fortune. They therefore set out and had already walked over many a long road and many a blade of grass, but had not yet met with good luck. One day they arrived in a great forest. And in the middle of it was a hill. And when they came nearer, they saw the hill was all silver. A silver hill? A silver hill. Hello. So these three brothers who are so poor that they're hungry and starving. Come across a silver hill. On their way to find fortune. That's lucky. Then spoke the eldest. Now I have found the good luck I wished for, and I desire nothing more. And he took as much of the silver as he could possibly carry, and then turned back and went home again. But the two others said, We want something more from good luck than mere silver. Mere silver? Mere silver. Wow. And did not touch it, but went onwards. Wow. After they had walked for two days longer without stopping, they came to a hill which was all... Gold. Gold. Nice. Knew it. The second brother stopped, thought to himself, and was undecided. What shall I do? said he. Shall I take it for myself? So much of this gold that I have plenty for all the rest of my life, or shall I go farther? At length he made a decision, and putting as much into his pockets as would go in, said farewell to his brother and went home. So the second brother's taken the gold. Yeah. gone to join the first one with the silver, who's going to feel a right idiot. Bit of a plonker. But the third said, silver and gold do not move me. I will not give up my chance of fortune. Perhaps something even better will be given me. But, uh, wow. I mean, what's platinum? Diamonds He journeyed onwards And when he had walked for three days He got into a forest Which was still larger than the one before The forest before And never ever would come to an end And he found nothing to eat or to drink And he was exhausted Oh dear, bad move So he climbed up a high tree To find out if up there he could see the end of the forest But as far as his eye could see Saw nothing but treetops He is deep in the forest Damn And then he began to descend the tree, but hunger tormented him, and he thought to himself, if I could but eat my fill once more. Now when he got down, he saw with astonishment a table beneath the tree, richly spread with food, the steam of which rose up to meet him. This time, said he, my wish has been fulfilled at the right moment, without inquiring who had bought the food or who had cooked it. He approached the table and ate with enjoyment until he had appeased his hunger. Oh. Free food. Free food. Just a feast. It's in the middle of the deep, dark forest. Yeah, not suspicious at all. Comes down the tree. Yeah, so it wasn't there when he went up the tree. No. Comes down. Oh, hello. <laughs> There's a table. Tucks in. in. Delicious food. Yeah, roast chicken, I'm guessing. I don't know. Well, well hang on. Well, I think right. we're going we're to hear oh. some delectable food accounts of I can't them. wait. That was hard to say. <laughs> when he was done, he thought... 
It would after all be a pity if the pretty little tablecloth were to be spoiled here in the forest. And he folded it up tidily and put it into his pocket. And then he went onwards. And in the evening, when hunger rose again, he wanted to try out his little cloth and spread it out and said, I wish you to be covered with good cheer again. And scarcely had the wish crossed his lips than as many dishes with the most exquisite food on them stood on the table as there was room for. Well, uh, what table? I don't know where the table. He took the cloth, from. not the table. It was just another picnic table. <laughs> just it's a family area uh, in the handy. forest. Another picnic area, yeah. Now I perceive, said he, in what kitchen my cooking is done, you shall be dearer to me than the mountains of silver and gold. For he saw plainly that it was a wishing cloth. Oh, obviously. It was clear to him now. Obviously. Duh. I mean... Slow coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep it took, up. took him a while, but he got there. The cloth, however, was still not enough to enable him to return and sit quietly at home. He preferred to wander about the world and pursue his fortune farther. So it's not enough. Okay. One night, he met in a lonely wood a dusty black charcoal burner who was burning charcoal. Oh, there. right. It wasn't like a piece of equipment. No. <laughs> it was a person. <laughs> and the charcoal burner had some potatoes by the fire. <laughs> of course he did. That he was going to make into a meal. Good evening, blackbird, said the youth. How do you get on in your solitude? Oh, one day is like another, replied the charcoal burner. And every night, potatoes! Have you a mind to have some? And will you be my guest? Many thanks, replied the traveller. I won't rob you of your supper. You did not reckon on a visitor. And if you will put up with what I have, you shall have an invitation. Ooh. Huh. Who's to prepare for you? Said the charcoal burner. I see that you have nothing with you. And there's no one within two hours walk who could give you anything. And yet there shall be a meal, answered the youth, <laughs> and better than any you have ever tasted. Thereupon he brought out his little wishing cloth, spread it on the ground, and said, Little cloth, cover yourself. And instantly... <laughs> and, <laughs> You've exposed yourself. Cover yourself. And instantly boiled meat and baked meat stood there. <laughs> <laughs> All the meats. Boiled meat, baked meat. All With the, the two, two worst ways of preparing meat. <laughs> Charcoal burner, would, get ready for this. The best meal of your life. And he's like, mm, boiled meat. I'm going to stick to my potatoes. Thanks, though. And it was as hot as if it had just come out of the kitchen. Would you would you have a boiled or baked meat first? <laughs> boiled or baked, sir. <laughs> the charcoal burner stared. <laughs> of course he did. He was like, uh... <laughs> what is going on? I'm hallucinating. Uh, but he did not require much pressing. He fell to and thrust larger and larger mouthfuls into his black mouth. When they had eaten everything, the charcoal burner smiled contentedly and said, Your tablecloth has my approval, and it would be a fine thing for me in this forest, where no one ever cooks me anything good. I will propose an exchange to you. There in the corner hangs a soldier's knapsack, which is certainly old and shabby, but in it, wonderful powers lie concealed. But as I no longer use it, I'll give it to you for the tablecloth. Hmm, I must first know what these wonderful powers are, mm. answered the youth. Fair enough, fair yeah. That I will tell you. Every time you tap it with your hand, a corporal comes with six men armed from head to foot, and they do whatever you command them. Wow. So far as I'm concerned, if nothing else can be done, we will exchange. And he gave the charcoal burner the cloth, the wishing cloth, and took the knapsack from the hook, put it on, and bade farewell. Okay. On the promise of, what's it, six corporals? Yeah. Every time you tap it, six tap corporals it, six come corporals. out. With no no men. higher than corporal. 
No, that is the highest rank that comes out of me next. So. <laughs> oh, for that speak. <laughs> oh. I don't know. When he had walked a while, he wished to make a trial of the magical powers of his knapsack and tapped it. Immediately, the seven warriors stepped up to him and the corporal said, What does my lord and ruler wish for? March with all speed to the charcoal burner and demand my wishing cloth back. They faced to the left and it was not long before they brought what he required and had taken it from the charcoal burner without asking many questions. okay. I thought I liked this guy. I don't anymore. Mm. The young man bade them retire back in the knapsack and went onwards and hoped fortune would shine yet more brightly on him. So he's got his wishing cloth back. He's got everything now. By sunset, he came to another charcoal burner who was was making his supper ready by the fire. If you will eat some potatoes with salt, but with no dripping, come and sit down with me, said the sooty fellow. No, he replied. (laughs) (laughs) This time you shall be my guest. And he spread out his cloth, which was instantly covered with the most beautiful dishes. They ate and drank together and enjoyed themselves heartily. Oh, good. Boiled or baked? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dripping for your potatoes? Mm -mm. After the meal was over, the charcoal burner said, Up there on that shelf lies a little old worn-out hat, which has strange properties. When anyone puts it on and turns it round on his head, the cannons go off as if twelve were fired altogether, and they shoot down everything that no one can withstand them. The hat is of no use to me, and I'll willingly give it for your tablecloth. The cannons? What cannons? The cannons. When you turn the hat round, the cannons go off. What cannons? (laughs) I beg you. I've got no use for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't need this. Doesn't help me getting burning my charcoal. (laughs) What? Mm. Right, okay. This suits me very well, he answered. And he took the hat, put it on, and left his tablecloth behind him. Hardly, however, had he walked away, than he tapped on his knapsack and his soldiers were sent off to fetch the cloth again. (sighs) Sneaky. Yeah. One thing comes on top of another, thought he, and I feel as if my luck had not yet come to an end. And nor had his thoughts deceived him, so his luck's not at an end yet. Okay, well... After he had walked on for the whole of one day, he came to a third charcoal burner, who, like the previous ones, invited him to potatoes without dripping. But he let him too dine with him from his wishing cloth, and the charcoal burner liked it so well that at last he offered him a horn for the wishing cloth. Oh, okay. Which had very different properties from those of the hat. When anyone blew it, all the walls and fortifications fell down, and all towns and all villages became ruins. Wait, what? In the world? In the world. <laughs> he certainly gave the charcoal burner the cloth for it, of course, as he would. Yeah. But he afterwards sent, he tapped on his knapsack. Come on, chaps, go get... Uh, my wishing cloth back for me, please. Yeah. So at length, he had the knapsack, the hat, and the horn. All three. And the cloth. Yeah, I don't know why the cloth's not more important yeah. in this story. It's a shame. Now, said he, I'm a made man, and it is time for me to go home and see how my brothers are getting on. So the brothers, if you remember, got the gold and the silver. Yeah, so presumably they're like multi-millionaires at this point. Pretty much. Yeah. Although they still live together for some reason. (laughs) When he reached home, his brothers had built themselves a handsome house with their silver and gold and were living in prosperity. He went to see them, but as he came in a ragged coat and with a shabby hat on his head and his old knapsack on his back, they would not acknowledge him as their brother. They mocked and said, You claim that you're our brother who despised silver and gold and craved for something still better for himself. He will come in his carriage in full splendor like a mighty king, not like a beggar. And they drove him out of the doors. Then he fell into a rage 
and tapped his knapsack until 150 men stood before him. Wait, what? He can just from head to foot. He can just keep tapping it. Yeah, yeah. Each oh, time he tap it, six corporals come. Oh, out. just keep doing it then. Keep tapping. Yeah, just tapping away. He commanded them to surround his brother's house, and two of them were to take hazel rods with them and beat the two insolent men until they knew who he was. <laughs> A violent disturbance arose, and people ran together and wanted to lend the two their help. While they were in need. So basically, there's these 150 men. They're barging Tacking into the two house. two guys. Yeah. And all these other people are rushing to the two to brothers' help them. defense. Yeah. Yeah. But against the soldiers, they couldn't do anything. No. Now, news of this kerfuffle came to the king, who was really angry. He was really annoyed by this. Yeah. And he ordered a captain to march out with his troop and drive this disturber of the peace out of the town. Captain beats corporal, surely. But the man with the knapsack soon got a greater body of men together. So he was tapping, tapping, tapping. Yeah. And there was, you know, captain beats corporal, but, you know, 20 corporals beats a captain. True. <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> that age-old adage. <laughs> uh, so they were forced to retire and, uh, with bloody noses. Whew. The king said, This vagabond is not brought to order yet. And next day sent a still larger troop against him. But they could do even less. So the, all the king's horses and all the king's men are struggling. They can't fend off this guy. Yeah. The youth still set more and more men against them. And in order to just be done with it all, he turned his hat twice round on his head and heavy guns began to play and the king's men were beaten and put to flight. And now, said he, I will not make peace until the king gives me his daughter for my wife and I govern the whole kingdom in his name. He caused this to be announced to the king. And the latter said to his daughter... Necessity is a hard nut to crack. What remains for me but to do what he desires? If I want peace and to keep the crown on my head, I must give you away. So the wedding was celebrated. Lovely. But the king's daughter was vexed and not happy that her husband... Well, it's not that she's just been given away to the first troublemaker. It's that he's a common man. Oh, that's what annoys her. Who wore a shabby hat and put on an old knapsack. Uh, not the fact he's a murderous, like... No, that's fine. Terrible person, yeah. He's wearing a, a, a knapsack on his wedding day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's Down not the good aisle. Yeah. <laughs> With a shabby hat. <laughs> she wished very much to get rid of him. And ni- <laughs> night and day studied how she could accomplish this. <laughs> how to get rid of your husband. <laughs> uh, then she thought to herself... Is it possible that his wonderful powers lie in the knapsack? Because he's smart. always wearing it. Yeah. Even in bed. And she dissembled and caressed him. Dissembled? Oh, she dissembled. Disassembled him. herself. <laughs> no, him. She dissembled him. Dissembled, though? What's yeah. that mean? I guess, like, took him apart a bit. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Disarmed? Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't know. Similar idea, I suppose. Put him at ease. And when his heart was softened, she said... If you would but lay aside that ugly knapsack, it disfigures you so that I can't help being ashamed of you. Dear child, said he, this child? knapsack... Child? This that's a term of endearment, I guess, mm. but it is a bit weird. Where's the wife? This knapsack is my greatest treasure. As long as I have it, there is no power on earth that I am afraid of. And he revealed to her the wonderful virtue with which it was endowed. Then she threw herself in his arms as if she was going to kiss him, but dexterously took the knapsack off his shoulders and ran away with it. Oh, nice. As soon as she was alone, she tapped it and commanded the warriors to seize their former master and take him out of the royal palace. Nice. They obeyed, and the false wife sent still more men after him. She's the false wife. That's harsh of the Brothers Grimm. Yeah. Blimey. Hmm, I'm on her side. Yeah, honest. definitely. 
even though she doesn't like him because he's common. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but she's a bit shallow, but still no, no reason to... Uh... So, so they've been ordered to drive him out of the country. Then he would have been ruined if it had not been for the little hat. Oh, she didn't think about that. His hands were scarcely at liberty before he turned it twice. Immediately, the cannons began to thunder and struck down everything. And the king's daughter herself was forced to come and beg for mercy. And she entreated him in such moving terms and promised to change. He allowed himself to be persuaded and granted her peace. He's easily persuaded, isn't he? I think he's a bit besotted with this girl. She behaved in a friendly manner to him and acted as if she loved him very much. And after some time managed to so fool him that he confided to her that even if someone got the knapsack into his power, he could do nothing against him as long as he had his hat. And when she knew this secret, she waited until he was asleep. Then she took the hat away from him and had it thrown out into the street. (laughs) (laughs) But the horn still remained to him. Uh Uh-oh. And he woke up. He's not useless yet. He was fuming. He was really angry. In great anger, he blew it with all his strength. Instantly, all walls, fortifications, towns and villages toppled down and crushed the king and his daughter to death. And had he not put down the horn and had blown just a little longer, everything would have been in ruins and not one stone would have been left standing on another. Then no one opposed him any longer and he made himself king of the whole country. The end. Whoa. <laughs> oh. Nora. Blimey, chap. Mm. He, wow. So he's obviously uh, showed good horn skill by mm. playing it just long enough to kill the <laughs> king and the daughter. Although he did, surely didn't mean to king the, do- king the daughter, kill the daughter. King the daughter. <laughs> uh, I don't know. He was just so angry. I, I think the last part softens me a little bit to him because I think he's so loves her that he goes he's been back betrayed to her twice and she betrays him again and he just he can't believe it and he's so furious that he almost destroys the world do you know the one thing that last bit with um him and his wife yeah what that yeah. reminds me of no would be the story of Samson and Delilah oh i'm not i don't remember you have to so biblical yeah. story so Samson is this incredibly strong person. Mm-hmm. And the secret to his strength is his hair. His hair oh, is yes. uncut. Yes. And Delilah finds this out. And at night, he's yes. in love with her. She cuts his hair and he's weak. Mm. So he gets imprisoned. But he gets forgotten about in prison. And his hair grows long. Ah. And he escapes prison by just pushing the pillars apart. Wow. But kind of like she discovers the source of his power and tries to steal it at night. Ah, it's kind okay. of similar. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that has sort of influenced this story. Yeah. Ah, Samson and Delilah. Yeah. Well, interestingly, with this betrayal, so um, I don't really understand, 
But there is this story in the original, very first Brothers Grimm publication, because a lot of the stories were deleted, as yeah. I've said often, but just to remind you, a lot of the stories were deleted. In the very first Brothers Grimm edition, there was the story, the tablecloth, the knapsack, the cannon hat, and the horn. So the, the wishing cloth is... Yeah, it was yeah. included. However, it, this story is considered to have been erased, and this one I read you is technically a different story. They're both pretty much exactly the same, except for the ending, which I think I prefer. So he's been betrayed. It doesn't say that he killed his wife mm-hmm. and the king, but what it says is, so he blew the horn... And the villages, cities, and all the fortresses collapsed instantly into heaps of rubbles. Then he alone was king and blew his horn until he died. Whoa. So he's like in extreme grief and anger and he kills... Just destroys whole, everything. Destroys the whole world and then himself. Wow. I, I think I prefer that ending. I think that's pretty yeah. intense. Yeah, yeah, it's more impactful. Definitely. Rather than him just becoming king. Yeah, he's killed, every, he's killed <laughs> his wife and her father and then he becomes king. But, yeah, that's, um, yeah. That, that's epic. It's intense. It is intense. It's interesting because, as you say, he seemed like you know, instantly you're rooting for him and then something changes. <laughs> well, it changed for me when he betrayed the two charcoal burners. Oh, I love those guys. Yeah, they're great, aren't they? They love their potatoes. They do. Sooty, sooty blackbirds. Sooty blackbirds eating <laughs> salty potatoes with no <laughs> dripping. Oh. And really not putting to use their hat and uh, horn. No. And knapsack. I've got no use for this. I just want to burn charcoal. I don't need this. What sort of a job is that? A charcoal burner? (laughs) Yeah, what is that? In the middle of the forest. (laughs) All alone with potatoes. What is that? But yeah, he defrauds these guys. Yeah. Totally. In a way, you know, I guess you could say by... To become king, to get rich and be on the top... Uh, you have to sort of steal off the back of the little people, maybe. By cheating and lying, you become on top. It's kind of like capitalism, isn't it? How capital gets you more capital. Accumulation. It's kind of allegorical. Exponential as well. Yeah, and and also the idea that all property is theft and fraud. Yeah. If you go back to the original originator of owners of property, yeah. someone was robbed of that. Yeah. This piece of land is mine, it's not yours. Yeah. You know, that, was, that didn't all start in happiness. With no, exactly. Equal, yeah. And then someone it's all just a meritocracy. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, okay, this is a very... I didn't expect <laughs> us to go down this road. But I think there's something in that, maybe. Yeah. Because you, I think I expected a happy ending, and there wasn't one. No, d- no. <laughs> Uh, what happened to the brothers again? Do they die? They just got beaten with hazel rods. Beaten with hazel rods? Why hazel rods? Well, they probably died because he blew his horn and everything fell down. Oh, that's true. I don't know, hazel rods. That's a good question. Yeah, so it's an interesting story. I like My favourite bit is him coming down the tree and finding a table full of food. That's so mysterious. Like, what's going yeah. on there? And he immediately I eats like it. Image. Yeah. In my head, it's like a, a red and white tablecloth. Well, yeah. like a gingham. Yes, that's exactly what yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like with like a big feast on it. And yeah. it's like, what's going on here? <laughs> I like that idea. It was a good good adventure. Quite a few twists and turns. Mm. I mean, I'm really growing disillusioned and weary with the whole king giving away his daughter thing. It's yeah. just just so bad. <laughs> yes. It's so bad. Um but she's like a prize. Exactly. Like There's no say in the matter. Although, 
She fights back. She's not just passive. Oh, yeah, that's true. Which is, yeah, to be taken into consideration. But I know what you mean. It's a bit like, oh, I'll give my daughter away. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I enjoyed it. And especially when the guy turned his back on silver and then gold, you think, okay, where's this going? (laughs) Um, What was he expecting? Yeah, yeah, he could so easily have just not got anything. Yeah. Just potatoes. (laughs) Without dripping. Without dripping. (laughs) Who wants potatoes without dripping? That's like, I don't know. It's like what? I don't know. It's like meat that's not been boiled. (laughs) Boiled or baked? Boiled and baked meat. (laughs) Love it. That's brilliant. On this feast there was boiled meats, baked meats... (laughs) And that was the feast. <laughs> Tuck in. <laughs> oh, we got everything. We got uh, a boiled meat. We got a uh, baked meat. Uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> this feast has got everything. We've got meats. Tuck in. <laughs> um, I suppose actually uh, these days, you know, unless you're a vegetarian, you pretty much eat meat every single day. Yeah. But uh, in the Back brother's then. grim time, it would be a bit of a treat. Yeah. Pretty much nothing out there mm. about this story that not, I that not I a well-known one. No, not as far as I could tell. Uh, the only thing I found is in in the Brothers Grimm in their own notes to the story, they recount a another similar story, which was published in a Copenhagen newspaper. Don't know when. Doesn't say when. Probably at the same time, contemporary time. Yeah. The the source of the Brothers Grimm story was Johann Friedrich Kraus. Uh, that's literally all I've got. There don't seem to be any other stories except this Danish one. Can I just tell you what happens in the Danish one? Yes, very quickly. So it's not uh, three brothers. It's three tailors who are oh, already okay. married. They head out, I think, because they're struggling financially. They go to a, a magic mountain where a magician lives. And everything at night turns to silver. And the first guy takes the silver, like he takes silver flowers, silver grass, things like that, and he goes home. Uh, the next two, they go through a gate into a big garden full of uh, golden apples, apparently, I think. And one of them goes home with his gold. Same thing, kind of. Then the second guy, the third guy, the last guy, who doesn't, who wants more. Yeah. He meets a witch playing okay. on a hill, playing a pipe in front of some geese, making them <laughs> dance. Um, I like it. Now this, we, what's clear here is we've no idea where the wishing cloth came from no. in our story, do we? It just appeared at the bottom of the tree. Yeah. So here, this is where this guy got it. A witch is playing a pipe to some geese, and she says to the guy, For 94 years, she struggled with death, but can't die until the geese trample her, or a good Christian beats her to death with some weapons. Uh, Some weapons. She says, are you a good Christian? Beat me to death. He says, no, I'm not going to do that. She says, right, listen, there's a cloth behind my head which makes food. So he bashes her skull in. 
and takes the cloth. Whoa. She's asked for it, as in literally asked for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, then he meets a soldier with a magic pouch. <laughs> <laughs> and he does the whole thing, uh, trades it, taps out the soldiers, steals back his cloth. Then he goes home. Uh, so just with the cloth and the soldiers. Not all the, the, the horn and the rest of it. Yeah. And he goes back to his brother's. And he the pretends, he, yeah, the other tailors who've got the silver and gold, they're rich now. Yeah. But they don't like say, I'll go away, you're poor or whatever, because they still think he's poor. They take him in and they look after him because they oh. think he's poor and they love him. Now, it's almost like a, a test to them because then he invites them round for a meal and they say, no, come round to ours. You don't have any money. We've got all this silver and gold. And he says, no, no, come round. And he lays out his cloth and all the food comes and they're so happy and he taps on his uh, magic ammunition pouch and some musicians come out and soldiers and they're shooting and playing and it's a big party and it's brilliant (laughs) and the prince nearby he only lives a few miles away he hears all this and he comes to the house to see what's going on yeah so he and he he takes the tablecloth the prince forcibly takes the table I'm I'm having that Uh, the tailor goes to the castle to get it back he says give me my tablecloth back and he gets a bit of a hiding and gets kicked out of the castle then he calls his men from his magic ammunition pouch they go to the castle fire at the castle the prince apologizes gives back uh, the tablecloth to the tailor he goes home with his brothers and his wife and all their wives and they live in delight forever so it does have a happy ending yeah that one has a much happier wow much nicer ending and all round story apart from the witch having her head bashed in which is a bit bizarre yeah the geese just didn't want to trample on her they're just dancing no, instead. We're just going to dance. <laughs> oh, grooving away. <laughs> Stop playing your pipe. Uh, it's very odd, that story. But that's I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I like that one too. That's the only other one, and that's, that is recounted by the Brothers Grimm themselves in their notes on this story. I can't find anything else about this. It doesn't seem particularly famous. Hmm. I have nothing to tell you about well, this Well, I would just say that I enjoyed it. It's a strange one. It's strange that it's not more popular, I think. It's it's most similar to how six men got on in the world. Yeah, kind of magical powers like the hat that he puts on his ear. That or he lifts it off did his remind ear. me of the guy with the hat. Yeah, and a, a breeze, a frost comes. So it's oh, like yeah. magical properties belonging to different objects. Yeah, is most like that. And again, but in the how six men got on in the world, you know, in the, he he gets to marry the daughter. He's engaged to her, but he says the king's like, don't marry my daughter, and he's like, right, give me all your money. Because he said at the beginning, I'm going to make the king give me all his money. Yeah. So it, it's kind of, they're not trying to just be, uh, uh, marry the princess or become the king or whatever. They just want their just desserts for, because he felt he was wronged by serving in the war. Yeah. Whereas this is like, I'm king, everything, and then I'm going to kill everyone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's perhaps not quite as nice an ending as the, how six men got on in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, True. What would you, if, if I gave you the choice, would you have the wishing cloth, the uh, knapsack, the hat, or the horn? I'd uh, just like to say right now, if you choose the knapsack, it's not that you can just send the men and get all the other stuff. As oh, well. really? Yeah. Uh, that's prohibited. Yeah. I've got to write a letter to like a lawyer or something, and he'll post it to you. <laughs> so I've, pl- I've thought ahead here. Does the tablecloth only give me boiled and baked meats? <laughs> Will that make a difference to your answer? I'm going to say yes, it only gives boils. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> I think the knapsack then. Yeah? Because they can't get me the other things, but they can do things for me. <laughs> right? So what, you're not going to have them as soldiers, they're going to like cook your meals? Yeah, and like give me a lift. <laughs> give you a massage. <laughs> well, yeah. 
<laughs> Give you a lift or a piggyback? No, just like drive me somewhere. Just <laughs> a chauffeur. Yeah. Okay. And uh, clean the house. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think that. I think that. Yeah. What would you have? I don't think they'd enjoy that. I mean, I you're essentially care. saying you want slaves, basically. <laughs> but then they go away again, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, they're it's not real perfect situation. People. Yeah, that's true. What would you have? The boiled meats. <laughs> I think the uh, the horn's too much. Yeah, way too much. The the hat. The hat is too strong. Again. You don't want cannons. I don't want the cannons. The cannons firing. Uh, the knapsack. Yeah, it's good. I feel uncomfortable having slaves. I think that goes without saying, but uh, yeah, it's probably quite handy. I think I'll just have the tablecloth. Really, boiled and baked meats. It's a good party your trick. Your heart's content. You just whip out your tablecloth, and then boiled or baked. <laughs> Take your pick. Um, yeah, I think I'd do that. And if you're ever hungry, you know, if you're on the on the train or something, or uh, haven't prepared, haven't had time to prepare a picnic, whip out your tablecloth. You'll always have boiled and baked meat. And I'm guessing a animal hasn't had to die to get you that boiled or baked. Oh, okay, or, or that's every interesting. time you pull out your tablecloth, a it's cow like dies a... in uh, China <laughs> or something. So know. this could be like an ethical source of meat. Yeah. That's nice. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. But then I'd feel obligated to feed everyone all the time. Well, you could save the world. Yeah, okay. But then I could true. do that with my corporals. Yeah, you could. My, my corporals. <laughs> I'd, I wouldn't mind having some corporals. Actually. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be quite, quite nice. So, rating. Mm. I'm at a complete loss. Mm. I'd just like to throw that out there. Could go either way. I enjoyed it. I feel like you enjoyed it more than Godfather Death, but less than yes, the youth. Yes, exactly. And as such, I'm going to give it... And as you gave one six and one eight... <laughs> oh no, you gave... What, 5.5 and 8.5. Oh wow, okay. So I'm going to ah, go yeah. in the middle and go seven. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, seven. I've decided. That's a solid score. Yeah, it's pretty respectable. Uh, I think I gave uh, the How Six Men Got On In The World a very high score. Yes, you did. Uh, <laughs> it was like nine or something. It was, it was something ridiculous that maybe I regret a little bit now we've gone deeper into these stories. I really enjoyed the Six Men. I think it just really shocked me. Yeah. And uh, no, I think it was a good story. Uh... I genuinely don't know what to give this. What did I give the youth? 7.5. Okay. Yeah. I think I'll give this... What did you give it? 7. 7. I think I'm going to give it 7. Oh, nice. That seems quite high. I'm going to give it 6.5. Okay. 6.5. So now, Adam, it's time to pick the next three stories. What we do is Adam picks three stories each time. Uh, Neither of us have read these stories, so we don't know them at all. Uh, it's just purely based on the name alone. So we've just finished the last round of three, and it's now time for Adam to pick the next one. And I've no idea what they're going to be. I'm very excited. So Matt's got a list of uh, stories he's particularly interested in. So I'm going to see if my taste coincides with his. 
So, the three stories I've picked for us to read next are number 17, The White Snake. (laughs) Brilliant. That must be. That must be what the band are named after. White Snake. White Snake. And uh, I'd also say your homework is to listen to White Snake before that episode. Okay, I'll take that. The classic 80s power ballads. (laughs) White Snake. The next one is number 74. The fox and his cousin. Oh, okay. Hang on a sec. So that's part of some other stories, I think. So if you see, there's the fox and his cousin, then the fox and the cat. Yeah. And then before that, there's the wolf and the man and the wolf and the fox. I think they might be sort of, at least 74, 75, might be kind of the same story. Uh, okay. I'll research, I'll read them and see. And if they are, we'll read both Cover of them. them. Okay. Because yeah, they're like, yeah, they might be like one page each and kind of half a story. Like sequels but that's and exciting. Yeah, nice. The fox and his cousin. You didn't go for the fox and the cat. No. Yeah. I thought the cousin was an interesting angle. <laughs> All right. And the third one is number 76. The pink. <laughs> Full stop. I'm intrigued about the pink. We have a hit. A Yay! battleship hit. <laughs> That's Matt wanted I'm... to hear about the pink as well. That's, that's... That is an intriguing title. <laughs> the pink. The pink. What? <laughs> that could be anything. The pink. <laughs> Not just pink or the pink something. Yeah. The pink. The pink. Fantastic. So what, what have we got there with the numbers? So we've got number 17, the white snake. Number 74, the fox and his cousin. Number 76, the pink. <laughs> we haven't met a snake yet, so I'm looking forward to... <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about the white snake. He's like, or she. And also, we are still running our poll for an audience-chosen story. So, we are putting it out to the audience and anyone who wants to get involved to choose, I think, the next story, basically, or one of the stories. Yeah, uh, so we've, we've just chosen three, and we'd like you to choose one as well. So... We've put together a shortlist of three stories that we want you to choose from, and that is Rapunzel, The Elves and The Shoemaker, and The Robber Bridegroom. Which of those do you want to hear on the podcast? Let us know. They are all really, really good stories, and famous ones as well. So, yeah, I'm excited. Maybe one of them is your favourite already, uh, and you can tell us why. Yep. On an email or Instagram or on our WordPress site or Twitter. However you desire. Yes. Get in touch, let us know. Or maybe you don't know these stories or you don't know one of those and uh, or you want to learn a little bit more about one of them, like uh, what's going on with Rapunzel's hair? What's that all about? Yeah, just, just get in touch. Yeah. Let we want to hear from you. Absolutely. All right. Brilliant. Looking forward to it. The next episode uh, is going to be a special episode. Yes. Uh, It's going to be, before we jump into the audience chosen story and the white snake, uh, we're going to be doing a quick episode explaining the Arne Thompson Uther classification indexing system of folktales. So it's just, it's a very important part of folktales. And uh, so I thought it was worth just making sure we all understand what it is before we proceed further. Yeah. Great. See you next time. See you then. Bye. Bye.
You can email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod. Also on Instagram and Facebook, grimreading. You can find us on Podbean, podbean.com slash grimreading. And we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim.